Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me. Everybody shout, Father, give me. Again, Father, give me. Give me my share of the estate. So the father divided the property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild uh, living. Verse 17. When he came to his senses, everybody shout, when he came to his senses. I particularly like this. I always love this when I get to this. He said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father. And here's what I'll say to him. Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. No longer worthy to be called your son. Here it is. Make me. Everybody shout, make me. Make. One more time. Shout, make me. Make, make me like one of your hired servants. God, we thank you and we pray that you who have brought us here, you speak to us in really supernatural ways, work miracles in our hearing and our minds, ultimately in our living for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Um, if you're joining us for the first time, we're, we're working through what I call some sub-series. Uh, the first one was humble, second was hungry, and the third is smart. Everybody shout smart. And if you're here last weekend, you heard Sue Wonky, who did a phenomenal job kicking off our smart series, as she shared about her journey of finding faith and becoming a Jesus follower in the last two years. Just a remarkable testimony and experience last weekend. So today I kind of want to pick up where she left off and what I want to do is kind of stand back to uh, just help us to understand what we mean when we say smart. Everybody shout smart. So first of all, we're not talking about uh, IQ, your intellectual capacity. We're talking more about your EQ, your emotional intelligence. My simple definition for that uh, is the ability to perceive and understand and respond appropriately to other people's, uh, to emotions, which includes your emotions and others. There's at least five characteristics or elements that constitutes smart or emotional intelligence. Let me just run through them really quick. Uh, everybody shout self-awareness. Self-awareness. Uh, uh, are you aware of your emotions? your strengths, your weaknesses, your personal needs, what drives you, are you aware? I should point out here that it's very possible to have a really high IQ uh, just off the scales and at the end of the day have just poor people skills. And uh, I ran across this joke the other day that kind of reinforces poor people's skills and this lack of awareness. Uh, it's a cartoon, and in the cartoon, the, the guy is being interviewed, and the person who's interviewing him says, um, do you have really, what, do you have good people skills? <laughs> and the guy answers, he says, I think I have good people skills, 
who would ask an idiotic question like that? (laughs) Somebody shout self-aware. He he could use a little more self-awareness, all right? Uh, Secondly, uh, uh, and then there is, put the, put the second one up there. Then the second one is self-regulation. Shout sec- self-regulation. It's ability to manage your emotions, manage your feelings. From time to time, I run into people who say, well, you know, I just had to give him or her a piece of my mind because they just pushed the wrong button. So I usually have two things to say in that respect. One, Try to hold on to as many pieces of your mind as possible. (laughs) You probably will need them. And two, reprogram your buttons. There's no legitimate excuse for you to out of impulsive react, to, to, to surrender to an impulsive response that's not thoughtful or reflective. The third is shout motivation. Motivation, that's that uh, internal desire to achieve um, and to excel. Those three have to do with kind of, in a sense, knowing yourself, managing yourself. The other two, everybody shout empathy. Here's my definition for empathy inside of what we're talking about. Uh, Empathy, the way I want to define it today, is the ability... Uh, to understand and respond appropriately to other people's feelings. Empathy. And then lastly, shout social skills. Social skills. That's, that's the ability to establish rapport with a group or people, common ground, and to move them in a particular direction. One person refers to it as friendliness with a purpose. So this is what we mean by IQ or quote unquote what uh, Patrick Luciani who wrote this book meant by smart. Now interestingly enough this past Friday I got to attend at seven o'clock at the Santa Clara Convention Center. There are about a thousand people gathered from across the Bay Area for a prayer breakfast where Sue's, Sue, who was here with us last week, weekend, and Patrick Luciani, whose book we've been studying, the ideal team player, haven't studied it, but inspired this series, uh, Humble, Hungry, and Smart, uh, both were speakers sharing why they are Jesus followers. And can we just give God a hand praise? Because that was an enormous, we had a number of, of non-believers there. And, absolutely fabulous. I'm super proud because our elder Skip Vaccarello uh, led that effort and etc. And because, my, because Skip was in charge of the effort, he was able to arrange for me to sit right beside Patrick. Tell somebody, sometimes it is about who you know. <laughs> and so I, I got, you know, told him, you know, I'm preaching this series about his book, blah, 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 blah. We had lots of conversation before and in between his speech and so forth and so on. Just got to know him. He's a great guy. So I asked him, I said, well, you know, I'm going to preach on smart. What, what are your, what's your thinking about smart? You know, I know what you said in the book. There's something extra. And he said, 
Well, you got to be careful with smart people. I said, what do you mean? He says, um, the worst kind of person is someone who is smart, meaning EQ, but not humble. He says, as a matter of fact, if he had to choose between the three virtues that he taught, really out of those three, he, he would argue that only one really is a virtue, and that is being humble. And, and if you gotta, you've got to go without any of the other two, hunger, uh, smart, he would say go with humble because at the end of the day, if you're humble, you know, God can really shape you. If you're humble, you can grow, you can learn. He would argue be humble. Everybody shout be humble. See, the problem is if you've got somebody who's really good with people skills, but they're not humble, he said, you end up with somebody he called like the type, he, he, he typed it this way, he says, like a, you end up with somebody like a skillful politician. He's a skillful politician, is charismatic, is professional, is motivated, she or he, and they have this remarkable ability. You fall in love with them, you trust them, and they have this ability to make you think that they're all out for you when in reality, they're all out for themselves. Now, of course, we know people like this, right? We, we, uh, we date them. We're married to them. They're our siblings. Come on now. Uh, and sometimes they're us. And the problem with being the skillful politician type is, is at the end of the day, even if you're not intending to, you end up using people. And that's what he was talking about. So I, then I got to ask him a question. I said, okay. Well, I, I get IQ, intellectual capacity. I get EQ, emotional capacity. Do you think there's an SQ? So what do you mean? Spiritual capacity. Spiritual smart. He said, wow, that's a great question. And of course, inside I'm going, hmm. <laughs> anyway, he ultimately responds. He says, and I said, well, you know, what would it look like inside of smart? And he says, um, Probably, since it's about having good people skills and trying to communicate with folk, one example would be if you're talking to somebody who's really sharing with you where they are in their journey and they're struggling or they're asking questions, a spiritual smart would be while you're talking to them, you're actually praying to God in your mind saying, God, what do you want me to say to this person? Everybody shout, spiritual smart. So today I kind of want to talk about spiritual smart and I kind of want to talk about how do we get there because here's my basic assumption and Patrick would agree with this that all those five elements that I just told you that run from self-awareness to social skills at the end of the day if you pay close attention to Jesus if you listen to his teachings if you learn to heed his voice and obey his leading at the end of the day the more you become like Jesus in character and behavior the more you 
become self-aware, the more you become empathetic, the more you are able to exercise self-control, the, the more you are able to engage with people in a way that's thoughtful about them and not so much focused on yourself. What I'm trying to get you to see is the more you become like Jesus, the more smart emotionally you and I become. So I want to back into this text. I will pull two insights out that I want to talk about it because I think one of the avenues for that to happen is through prayer. Everybody shout prayer. Now let me just say we're two weeks out from Easter and I'm hoping that, let me just say this, we've got over 600 of us are engaged in our prayer and fasting time and I suspect that some of us are kind of like me, for example, who you started off really strong and you were probably reading the scriptures I send you every day. It was like the first week, you were like there. Then the second week, you missed a day too. And in the third week, like, you don't remember the last time you actually read the scripture. And you start off with prayer, then you've kind of slipped off the prayer time. And don't feel bad. This is not about legality. We all are there. I mean, look, I send you the scriptures every day. And the last three or four days, I haven't read them. So, 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 so this is an opportunity for all of us to reset. Everybody shout, reset. Reset as we get ready because, because at the end of the day, this is not about, you know, a merit badge for spirituality. This is about trusting that God is inviting us to lean in because he wants to do something unique and special in our lives, with our lives, and through our lives. So I encourage us to reset. I think prayer is the way to do it. Now, let me suggest that this passage teaches us two prayers. Let me back into it this way. You could argue that the whole text is about being spiritually smart. Because what generates the conversation that Jesus is having, the story that is told about these two boys, is the complaints that the religious leaders are levering against Jesus. They've noticed that Jesus, who is kind of a rabbinical figure, is always surrounded by the folk who are not allowed in the synagogue, the notorious tax collectors. And then they say, they call them the, the, the sinners is the other group. They just cover everybody else. Everybody shout, sinners. That's all the other notorious wrongdoers. Like you, like me, you know. We wouldn't have been allowed in the synagogue. It's unique that we're in the synagogue worshiping here. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> There's something about the grace of God. So they were like, Jesus, what's up with that? Why are you doing this? So Jesus is trying to teach them some spiritual smartness by trying to give them some insight into the heart of God. Right? What he was suggesting is, is that, that, that you guys have abandoned folk who you feel like they're throwaways. But God loves people even though he doesn't endorse Tax collectors mistreating other folk. That, 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 I'm sure that burns up God. He doesn't endorse a lot of the other notorious stuff that the sinners are doing. And yet, while he uh, dislikes what they're doing, he still has a heart for them. And a heart for you. 
Because he dislikes some stuff you're doing. And hard for me because he's disliked some stuff that I've done. Aren't you happy? To God has a heart. And in, the, and, and in God's economy, there are no throwaways. Amen. So he was trying to help them to get spiritually smart. So he said, let me tell you three stories. The first story is about a, a man who has 100 sheep. One gets away. He leaves the 99. He goes, he gets, finds the one. He brings them back, calls his neighbors and friends, throws a big party. And then Jesus explains. He says, this is like it is in heaven. He says, there's more rejoicing when one sinner comes back to God than the 99 that shows up every Sunday. That's why we're suggesting to you, look back at that card, get back inside of praying for those names that you have, work up the courage, shout courage, to actually invite four or five people that, that you'd have the courage to invite from your families, from your neighbors, from your colleagues. Why? Because I, I, I'm believing that, that if you will invite, somebody's going to say yes. And who knows, maybe on Easter Sunday morning, heaven will throw a party about the person you invited. Yeah, celebrate that. That's celebrating material. Then he tells another story about a woman who had 10 coins. She lost one. She emptied out the house, looked for the, and she does the same with a party. Then he tells a story about this father. You notice Luke is unique as he's helping us to learn about Jesus. Here Jesus tells a story. First, it's the man. Everybody shout man with his sheep. And then it's the woman. Everybody shout woman with the 10 coins. And then it's the father. Everybody shout father. Two boys, one loss. Wow. Here's the first prayer. The father in this Jesus story is God, depicts God. So verse 12, watch this. So in the interaction with the father, it's fair enough to say, we, it reflects for us prayer, type of prayer. So here it is. The younger one said to his father, father, what? Give me. Stop right there. This is a prayer. We know this prayer. Tell the person next to you, I know this prayer. Tell them. We pray this prayer. It's not a bad prayer to pray. Let me just admit, the scripture says God welcomes us to praying this prayer. Philippians uh, uh, 4, 6 says, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, about, uh, uh, in every situation, by prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your what? Request. Notice it says ask. Request. Bring all of your requests. They're all welcome. Shout, Father, give me. We, we, we get that. Right? We know this. Father, give me a raise. Give me a job. Give me a spouse. Give me a girlfriend. Give me a boyfriend. Father, give me. I mean, you, you've already spotted out. Father, give me. That fella right there, he, he, he just doesn't know, but I was made for him. Give me. <laughs> give me healing. Give me better health. Give me a condo in the neighborhood that I want to move in. Give me a house. He says, I welcome that. 
while this is a welcome prayer, it encourages us to think about it in terms of being spiritually smart because it can also spiritually, watch me, be a dangerous prayer. I want you to notice that he starts off the boy, first of all, he says, look, uh, usually when dads die, they, they, then the property is divided. You living too long. Can you just go ahead and divide it right now? It's not too uncommon. There are some folk who actually did that back in that day, and that was cool. So, so he starts off with the request. He acknowledges the relationship. He says, Father. Everybody shout, Father. Father, give me. So he, he acknowledges the relationship here. Uh, 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 go ahead and, and, and give me what's, what I want. This is my portion of the inheritance. So he affirms it. But then when he gets it, he didn't have to leave. He could have processed it and put it in the bank, did whatever, and stayed right there with dad, stayed right under the sword and so forth and so on. But after he got what he asked for, it says sometime later, so not tomorrow, but sometime later, he, his, his, he, he gets it and he leaves the father. All right, now back to the something. How many of us, if you're not careful, you, you, you'll be asking God for the blessing. And when the blessing come, you'll be so busy with the blessing that the blessing pulls you away from the Father. Man, you, man, you were catching the bus, and now you got a car. And I, 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 I mean, it's a, it's a nice car, and it, and, and it never finds its way to church no more. Just uh. <laughs> All right, all right, there's a deeper smart point here. Come on, everybody shout, say, say think deeper. Deeper though, sorry. Here, here, here's, the, here's the quandary for us. Here's what we should think, ask ourselves. Could it be in our own way we're the skillful politician in reverse? Could it be that we have tricked ourselves into thinking it's all about God when in reality we're just being all about God as long as it serves our interests? That's a revelation. That's a starting point for, for where we move forward. Now, let me give you a great point. James 1. This used to bother me all the time in terms of, uh, the, the, in, you know, it's not an exciting verse. Consider it pure joy. Shout joy! My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. What? Like, I'm sick. I'm supposed to get happy about that? Come on now. I can't pay my rent. I'm going to get happy about that. What, you put me out of the job, and I'm going to celebrate? Are you kids pure joy? James, what are you talking about? James says, think deeper. Notice what he says. He says, because you know that the, everybody shout testing. The word could also be translated examination of your faith. All right, here's the thing. When you don't get the blessing, but you still worship the blessor, right. consider it pure joy because you've just passed the test. 
that you don't love God simply because of what God does. You love God also because of who God is. comes perseverance uh, 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 an eternal confidence that that however it works out God has the last word and I'm going to have confidence in him whatever that word is so be careful as you pray father give me but then as we bring this to close ultimately most of us pray father give me but how many of us actually pray father make me when might I pray a prayer like that father make me now the newer translations they skip past they make it they translate it they, they use different translations to say you know take me and you know, uh, uh, let me become so forth and so on. All those are appropriate, but I love the, the original language. has this word. It's by intention. Luke chooses this word. Make me. Shout, make me. It's not force. He doesn't mean make by force. He means make by shaping me. Shaping me. Why, 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 why did he choose this word? Father, make me. when might I pray this prayer? Perhaps when you're in diver trials and you pray for help and all you get is silence or all you get is no. That's a good clue that you need to change the prayer because it has been said and it is true. Sometimes God does not change the situation that we're in because he uses the situation to change us. So we move from give me to make me. Let this situation move me deeper into your heart. Let this situation deepen my faithfulness to you. Let, let it reveal more about how I can serve you in spite of this thing. Father, make me. Now notice this fellow gets here because of uh, trials that he created. Went impulsively, spent all of his money. He ends up in a hog pen owned by a Gentile farmer. He's a Jew. The worst of the worst. He's at the bottom. He's homeless. He's bankrupt. And he's violated all the Jewish laws. And what's more, he's not just in the hog pen. He really wants to eat with the hogs. And it's in that moment, the text says, comes to himself. This is the result. He gets smart, right? It's emotionally smart. This is the result of my impulsive behavior, my wanting to do it my way. This is the result of God saying to me, thy will be done. I want to go back to the father. I want to go back to the house. And, 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 and I don't necessarily, I don't want to go back as I, as I left. And so, and so I'm, I'm giving the father full authority. Make me. Now let me give you a quick, tell you a story how we got here. So Patrick, and when he was sharing yesterday, uh, Friday, 
He shared his story. I thought it was powerful. He said, he says, I don't have, he grew up in the church, Catholic, Roman Catholic church. He says, he's always went to church, but he has not always had a relationship with Jesus. He's not always lived his life out of a relationship. And so he says, and what brought him into a relationship with Jesus was not something catastrophic. See, for this fella, it was catastrophic. Sometimes God will use the catastrophic. Doesn't sin it, but he'll use it. But he says, for him, it was the, the answer to the prayers, God give me. He said he woke up one day. He had everything that he prayed for. God allowed him to have it. And then, rather than stripping it, God just stripped the joy from it. So here he is, nine bestsellers, popular, but no joy. Here he is, bank account running over, but no joy. Here he is, contracts with Fortune 500 companies and startup techs and all of the would-be major players, but no joy. Speaking all over the country and, and in different parts of the world, but no I wonder if there's anybody here like that. You're actually in the middle of living a portion of your dream. You're in the college of your dream. No joy. Make it straight A. No joy. You, you got the, you've got your dream girlfriend, a dream boyfriend. No joy. You got all the numbers you can call anytime. And you got a date and a hookup. No joy. You got notoriety and popularity, no joy. Could it be God is saying, I've stripped the joy. You know, um, uh, Patrick identified himself. He said he was an accomplishment addict. Come on, say it with me. Say accomplishment addict. He said, he, you know, he's called an addict because he said, you need more and more to get less and less. He says, that drove him to his knees. And finally, he went to his knees and he said, you know, Jesus, what I need is you. I want a relationship with you. I want to live a life that pleases you. I, I want to be an instrument for you. I want my life to be connected to your eternal. So several months later, he walked into his, his office. He owns his own business. So he walks into the business and he announces to people, I think I'm going to leave. They're shocked. So where are you going? This is your business. You own it. <laughs> he says, I've got a hunger to not just serve wealthy, quote unquote, Secular people, I want to use my gifts to bless the kingdom of God. <laughs> and when he spoke out of that place, that trap place, God was making him. You see, God was making him. He was here. He would tell you that he hadn't recovered from the achievement addiction, right? He says that every day, talk about prayer, shout prayer. He's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a prayer that he prays for about five minutes every day to keep him reminded that his, this day I am to serve God. God is not to serve me. 
It's a different way of living your life. So finally, his colleagues said, no, we want to go on that journey with you. Except one. And that one left. And today, that business crosses, does all the secular stuff, but he's doing remarkable work in the kingdom of God with pastors and priests and churches and parishes all over. Because he came to the end of himself and he said, God, I need to pray a different prayer. He says, okay to pray. God, give me as long as you pray alongside of it. God, make me. God, make me. It's like Jesus teaching, you know, <laughs> thy kingdom come, but, or and, thy will be done. And then he says, you can pray. Give us this day our daily bread. It's, it's, it's both God, give me daily bread, and thy will be done. God, make me. You see? That keeps you not perfect, but faithful. On the right spot. Let me end here. About y'all prayer. I'm going to push you all to get back into prayer. I'm going to push you back into at least five minutes a day where you're, where you're, where you're really leaning into God. And, and when you look for the scripture, you say, well, I don't know how to pray. It's not really comfortable. You just get the scripture, read through it, and turn that scripture into a prayer. That's, that's gonna, that's, each passage is going to help you lean into the heart of God. And, and, and when you may be doubting that prayer has any powers. And, 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 and I, 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 he, he, Patrick told a story that I thought was... To illustrate, he, he said that in some way he can't explain the mystery of prayer. He just can't. He said, but he knows it's real. Because he said one day he was in New England somewhere on the other side, East Coast. His son, the youngest, was here in the Bay Area driving. And Patrick said he had just come out from jogging. And he had been spent jogging and praying. He got into his house. He said he, 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 he sensed God spoke to him. Pray for your kids. Pray for your boy. Pray for my protection. So he stopped right there. He started praying. A couple hours later, he got a phone call. The very time he was praying, his youngest had a car accident, flipped the car, totaled it out, but the boy walked away. And we can't explain all the mysteries of prayer because that didn't happen for everybody. God is sovereign in how he makes these choices. But, but he was showing Patrick that there's a line between your prayer, come on now, and, 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 and my, my, what, what I want to do in the world. I, I'm reminded of, of, of Ephesians uh, 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 the 3.20. Uh, God is able to do, one version says exceedingly abundantly, another one says immeasurably, come on, shout immeasurably, watch this, immeasurably more than you can ask, that's to give me peace, or even what, imagine, watch this, according to his power, his power, shout his power, at work where, within you. There is something that God has done with how he shapes us and our relationship that when we pray, that releases his power within in our lives. 
even if you doubt it, try it. That used to be a commercial. Try it. You might. Amen. Give God a hand for it.